Build compelling real-time apps quickly and scale them globally with the PubNub real-time network. Only PubNub delivers the core building blocks needed for any real-time application. Find out for yourself by signing up for free today. Visit PubNub.com. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Today is May 12th, 2013, Sunday night. That's Mother's Day late at night, way past my bedtime. This is episode number 129. My name is Rob Woodrich from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and situated. Depends on if you're listening to this in your right ear or your left ear or your left side or your right side of the dial, but home of the oh so lucky toronto maple leaves that squeak by tonight that's why we're doing this so late who's with me yeah tonight? whatever here we go oh yes <laughs> yeah asif khan from the location-based marketing association very proud of the leaves tonight uh there's going to be a game seven and they're going all the way no not all the way but they're, they're going past this round anyways oh, spoken like a leaf fan that just drives yeah. me crazy yes oh yes. you know the parade is already set up the parade route for the stanley cup champion toronto maple leaf so it's already set up but you know what i gotta say is that uh you know i uh there are a couple of uh, uh ex ottawa senator players on uh, the boston bruins in uh, zdeno chera and uh kelly um and uh, chris kelly and and uh they must just be sitting there thinking like come on maybe it was me that did it what about what about that wade redden oh, wade redden yes of course wade redden it was wade redden's fault <laughs> it was all wade redden's fault so congratulations yeah. we'll see what happens uh by the time you're listening to this it might be the series will will be over probably uh if you listen to this on tuesday or friday when it gets published with our syndicate partners but um certainly right now toronto the city of Toronto is on a all, on all highs, we'll say, shall we say. Uh, Asif, man, uh, big week for you. You uh, spent some time in uh, sunny Florida. Let's uh, let's start there. What were you doing down? Was it Miami you were in? I was in Boca Raton, actually, and uh, yeah, it was the uh, retail technology exchange uh, event. So, a a good collection of brands and vendors. It was one of these kind of one-on-one uh, meetings. You know, brands who are hungry, uh, retailers who are hungry to kind of explore new technologies and vendors who've, who've got it. So uh, it was a good matchmaking exercise. I gave a presentation there. Good vibe, good people. Um, you know, some some really great companies down there. Limited, Bath, Bed Bath & Beyond, uh, Ralph Lauren, you know, the you know, all kinds of Brooks Brothers. I mean, the list goes on. Those are small it was, it was brands. Great. Yeah. Small, small little yeah. brands. Yeah. Toys R Us, you know, stuff yeah, like never that. Heard so. of, never heard of any one yeah. of those. Like, yeah. Bills. Anyhow, good event. Yeah. And, uh, this week I'm actually at home doing a bunch of events here, and then uh, uh, next week on May the 23rd uh, is the Geo Web Summit in New York. Very cool. uh, a great event. Uh, been going for a while. This is the sixth time they've run this event, sponsored by our good friends and members uh, over at Mapbox and Digby, uh, both great companies, uh, and a lot of ph phenomenal speakers. Uh, the founder of PlaceMeter, uh, the CEO John Slitz from Space Curve, Aisle Four One One is going to be there. Um, Anne Marie Steven from Path Intelligence, Skyhook. I mean, the you know, like some some great great companies. Uh, uh, Hans Char Charler, uh, who's the co-founder of IOBridge. Uh, th these guys are all about. Uh, it's a platform for Internet of Things. So should should be a good wide ranging discussion. Really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, excited about that. 
May the 23rd. Geowebsummit.com. Where is that? That's in New York, right? New York, yeah. yeah. God, you get to go to the best places, right? New York, Miami. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, as long as uh, we get to go in Ottawa to a place called Lord Stanley, I'm okay with that. You can you can go to Miami and New York. We'll just go to Lord Stanley. Well, let's let's just say it's been a long time since Ottawa's been there. Yeah, so. it's the twenties. For those of you who yes. are historians. All right. Well, why don't we, what do you say we jump into this? We got some great stories here, as usual. But before we do, uh, I want to talk about a product. Uh, you know, usually we bring in an app for our little uh, you know preamble or little app of the week. Mm -hmm. But I, I had a really great opportunity to sit with a, uh, a guy in Israel. His name is Ran Avrahami, and he is the co-founder of a company called Screengo. And Screengo is um, really a uh, an SDK uh, that you bring into your app. And he, he, uh, he calls his company a direct-to-developer. Uh, company, which uh, which is really interesting. This is a free plugin that allows you basically to integrate uh, a number of really, really, really important uh, app components of an application into your app right out of the box. Um, you know, it's, it takes about five minutes to integrate this into it. And you've got things like contact information. You've got things like uh, tagging and, you know, the equivalent to like an Instagram where you can like items. And, and there's this one feature that's very cool. It's called Radar, which allows you to, with location, obviously, l leverage location to be able to bring or show how, who is using your app around you. So if I'm using an app that you've created with Scringo's uh, technology in it and I have radar enabled, I can actually see who's using the app around me. And it's a, it's a little bit of a location play. But this is, you know, when you take the core of your application and, and it's the thing that does the thing that you want to sell or that people are going to download for it for, uh, the rest of it is like a is an afterthought or a secondary thought around, you know, all of these things, contact support, so why not leverage something like Screengo, which is free? Did I say it's free? They have monetization uh -huh. plans down the road that aren't going to impede these services that they current get, currently get that, that are free. Why not use these guys and use this service to get things off the ground? At some point, maybe you need to be able to create your own, but the features that they've got here, I'm going to pull them up. Uh, you've got uh, basically an activity that was the stream that i talked about when it came to uh tagging things or liking things like an instagram type of thing you've got messages which is a, an, an internal email client you've got find and invite friends which is the connections to the social side um you've got radar which is that location piece and then of course you've got feedback which is the way that you can actually enable feedback from your users to your application this is a free 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 use um and it's unlimited there's no caps just go and take a look at it at screengo.com you know, when I when I sat down and talked to to these guys, what I found really, really clear was that they were doing this for the developers. They're ingrained in the developers community. They love developers. They want to actually support developers. And uh, and monetization was secondary for these guys. They've raised a little bit of money, but, uh, you know, take a look at these guys. Why duplicate this effort? So screengo.com, it's not an app, but it's going to help your app if you're in the in that process of developing one right now. Just speed things up. And I... I, I you know, great feedback from from people who are using this, and I love I love companies that do this kind of stuff. Uh, it's altruistic, and you know why not use it? Yeah, it's, it sounds great, and and I think you know you know there's a lot to be said for these kind of SDK kind of you know empowerment empowerment tools that that just enable you to kind of add these little feature sets to anything that you're doing and, and be able to query on that basis. So so I love that kind of stuff, um, and and it's free. Did you you said, said free, free right? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, look, I, I I interviewed him. He's up on Tether.tv, but it, um, you know, it's one of the featured. It's one of the most recent ones that I put up there. And but he was so passionate about the development community, and he's ingrained in the development community. And, and his only goal is to get this out as, to as many people as he can. They've done some great code here, so go and check him out at Screengo.com uh, and play around with it. it. It is, as I said, free, and you'll be able to see a, a better, get a better sense of the services that are up there than just a few minutes here. So Screengo.com, please go and take a look at it. All right, what do you say? What do you say we jump right into the stories? We've got six stories. Of course, we got our, uh, you know, we've got our guest. I didn't even mention that's Duncan McCall from Place IQ. They raised a little bit of money. You had an opportunity to sit down and talk with him this week and our resource of the week from Pew Research. Let's start with the first story, Mr. Khan. Yeah, the first story is, uh, is a, new, uh, a new launch, a new company called Block Avenue. Um, really uh, excited by this one actually because you, you know we love the, the companies that are focused on data and this is all about data again and so what what these guys have done we, you know, a few weeks ago we talked about a company called Locksports providing kind of real estate data you remember that conversation and it's along the same lines but a lot more robust in, in the amount of data that they're collecting so initially they've launched this as a website they say they're launching a mobile app version of it in a few weeks from now but basically what, what they've done is they've taken the entire US divided it up into small little neighborhoods or blocks uh, as they're referring to them and um, basically aggregating every piece of possible data they can find about what's going on in that, in that block or in that neighborhood and they're, they're, they're sucking stuff in from Facebook, Twitter, Foursquare, C, Click, Fix, you know, a whole bunch of different stuff uh, they've talked about in, in this list here. And they're actually giving scores on these blocks. If you're out, you know, searching for, you know, uh, where you're going to buy your next property and you want to understand the neighborhood and not just, you know, real estate prices and all that other stuff, there's a lot of data in here. Uh, and even though they said this, this is a U.S., I actually went on the site because uh, it's a website. And I typed in uh, my address, and 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 uh, there's there's some data there. They actually, you, you can click on pins on a map, and it'll show you, you know, recent crime, uh, house crime in this neighborhood, property crime, you know, all this kind of stuff. So they've got all that data, all pulled together into one place. The uh, the founder um, uh, described this as a uh, uh, what did he call it? It's kind of like a Facebook feed. He said for your neighborhood, um, and, and and I like it. I, I really like it a lot. And, so, so these neighborhoods have scores, so it goes from, you know, you can have an A to an F uh, on a neighborhood. What uh, What was yours? Uh, the, well, the, all the ones that, there wasn't one specifically on my neighborhood, but around the area, there was a few neighborhoods that were mapped, and they were all, all A's for now. Of so. course, we're in, we're but in the, Canada, but, right? but, but there were some crimes noted on there, so it was it was interesting. So I did this. I'm 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 actually going to be in Lake Placid for a week, um, and uh, next not this coming week, but the week after. And so I just did a, a search for Lake Placid, and uh, you, you know what what surprised me about this is you know they're pulling in as much data as you can possibly get. There are four four relocated sex offenders that live basically on the main strip in Lake Placid, and that, I got that information from this. It was front there and center. Like they, they, they're, they are tapping every single data store that you can possibly get from this, and, and uh, they, I, was, I was shocked. Like they're, like they, they pretty much gave the address of where these guys were living, um, you know, if, if you believe that, but four. Four in Lake Placid, so Lake Placid seems to be a hotbed for, for re rehabilitation. Um, th there's a lot of data in here and, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of data that it's freely available from everywhere else. Um, 
but I, I think the biggest part of this is also that they're looking for contributions from the neighborhood themselves. Yeah. Like you and I in our neighborhood and, and adding, you know, our favorite restaurant, our favorite bar and, and, you know, where to go, what not to do, what cab company to take, what restaurant to eat at and so on and so forth. And, and I think, you know, this sounds like a broken record. We, we go through this all the time. I think that the established data companies, the guys that have the data, the census folks, right, the people who have the crime data, the rates and everything like that, um, that, that stuff has been uh, accumulating for so long. It, it's it's the, the stuff that you rely on from the humans that is just so uh, up in the air all the time. And, and in order for this to really succeed from that neighborhood level, like I think it succeeds right now, uh, accumulating a whole bunch of data into one spot and then allowing people to access and query that data. And, and I love the idea that it gives a grade and they have their own little algorithm that does that. Um, but uh, if it, when it relies on humans, that's where we fail, right? Oftentimes, because it needs deep penetration in every neighborhood in order for this to be of true value. Um, so can, can these guys do it? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly in terms of data aggregation capability Very and, good. and the algorithms, uh, it, it's great. Um, you know, I think what, what will drive, you know, additional value around this is if, if the locals in those neighborhoods contribute to this and, and, yeah. and you know so so they want you to post stuff on here you know if your kid's bike gets stolen they want you to post it on you know as part of the the data into that neighborhood you know if uh, you know there's a great new coffee shop that just opened around the corner they want you to post that you know that data so, so it's uh, you know you got all the public stuff and where the sex offenders are and you got all that you know the the you know the you know pothole data coming from c-click fix and you got all that other stuff and the crime data that's valuable, and obviously, if you're looking for you know real estate, invaluable stuff. You know the schools, the ratings of the schools in the U.S. You have school ratings, all that kind of stuff. You know is is great, but it's that local you know st uh, contribution that will make a difference. And for me, the interesting thing is is you know if you were to take something like this and combine it with Patch over at AOL, exactly. Now you now you've got something really interesting for me but don't you don't um, you find that, that it, like everybody's battling for the same space right everybody's trying to battle at the yeah. neighborhood level they all want you and i to contribute because we're in two different neighborhoods and they all want us to offer our thoughts and they all want us to be curators of the content or neighborhood owners they all want us to do that and and uh you know i wonder if that just splits out the message and to the point where i'm like i don't even want to contribute anything just I, you, you know what i mean there's so much i don't know which to well, choose but, but I think if, if there's some system that says, hey, by contributing to this by, you know, you know there's something in it yeah. for you. And that, I think that's what's missing here, yeah. right? So, um, you know, there's, there's got to be some value proposition for the consumer in yeah. this. Uh, well, other than, you know, I'm looking for real estate. Yeah, cause, yeah exactly. Because that is, quite frankly, I mean, my favorite neighborhood is the, is the, is the one that I can actually, uh, that's safe, that I can buy a house and that I can afford. And then I can see that the property values are going to increase, right? I mean, that's what it, that's what my favorite yep. neighborhood is right now, right? For sure. And uh, we're, we just happen to be in the middle of one of those right now, which is good. Well, you know, there if you you're go. interested, go to blockavenue.com, blockavenue.com, exactly as it sounds. I would look forward to the application. I mean, I think that the mobile app for this is is going to be uh, is going to be interesting because how you contribute to Block Avenue, you've really got to be able to do that through, through a mobile app, uh, not just through a web browser. So they said in a couple of weeks that that should be coming out. And we'll we'll see. Discover something new you in go. your neighborhood every day. Love yeah. it. Blockavenue.com. All right. Okay. So story number two, Pennies for Life uh, is the name of this campaign. Um, this is something that was put on by the Microloan Foundation in the UK uh, and their agency, DLKW Low. 
Um, should, should, you, should we just show the video, Rob? I, I think that's the best way to yeah. start, and then we can just quickly talk that's, about it. So, yeah, we'll roll the video right now. Unbelievable, unbelievable combination of digital out of home and mobile coming together to do something really good. Something really great. Here's a video, and we'll come back on the other side. The Microloan Foundation is a charity that lends money to some of the poorest women in Africa to help them to set up their own small businesses. Our campaign is called Pennies for Life. And this year, we staged a unique live event. We created unfinished portraits of African women, made entirely of pennies, and put them on a digital poster site. Then we invited people to complete the pictures by texting a donation to the poster. As soon as the message arrived, the donor got a personal thank you. Then their money dropped into place on the screen. The more texts we got, the faster the picture built until we had enough money to make one business loan to one woman in Africa. Then we built another one, and another one. Each donor also got a credit on our microsite, where all the portraits were displayed. It was a live, interactive demonstration of small change creating big change for women in Africa. And from one poster, in one shopping center in its first weekend, 21 women who had nothing now have their own small businesses. Yeah, so, I mean, just, just a great application of technology uh, for a great cause. Um, you know, and very simple, you know, you see that screen in the middle of a shopping environment. So this is at uh, Westfield in London. Um, and you, you basically, you know, send an SMS message to the screen and you make a donation. You get personally recognized for that donation on the screen. You know, thank you for making that donation, Rob. Um, and you see what you're contributing to right away. And, you know, a couple people can contribute around you at the same time. And one person's, you know, new career has been started in, in Africa. I mean, phenomenal stuff. Um, and what I, the other thing I really like about this is, is you know, this was a uh, the the screen time for this campaign, the digital out of home board was donated as well by Ocean Outdoor uh, for this uh, as part of a, uh, a competition that they ran, um, and you know, so just a good goodwill all around. Yeah, I like it. I mean, there's nothing more to say other than it's inspiring when you see such a great combination of, of, of location funding and mobile come together for, for this kind of cause. And, and the numbers are staggering. And these are small loans that, that make such a difference, like Kiva, uh, you know, another, another yeah. microloan trans, uh, or, um, company. But uh, this, is, this is so unique um, and so visual. And uh, it just shows you that interface and experience can can go a long way in making sure that uh, that something actually happens or gets done. And in this case, this is a perfect example of Pennies for Life uh, by Mike Rallone. Very, 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 very cool. You'll want to watch that video many times over. Hopefully, just Google or just uh, go onto YouTube and you'll find it there. Pennies for Life. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the feel good stories today, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it seem? There you go. Hey, speaking of feel good, uh, you know what? What if you what if you created this company? This is our third story. If you created this company that that was like the promise of a crowdsourced location and uh, crowdsourced traffic and crowdsourced um, you know speed traps and and um, and crowdsourced light cameras and you called it ways and you know oh by the way it does directions and all those kind of things that every other GPS does. Um, 
But this company called Waze, and uh, it's a small company, uh, all of a sudden shot up through the ranks over the last couple of years. We've seen this last year, maybe, you know, 20 million, 30 million. I think there's 37 million or 47 million people in that range that use this product today. And then, mm -hmm. um, oh, by the way, there's a big company over here with a whole crap load of cash that spent a billion dollars on another company a year ago. Now they're talking about another billion dollar acquisition. That's Facebook. All these rumors swirling around about to buy Waze, the mapping company. Um, unbelievable, really, when you think about this, the value. Waze has no revenue model, has not earned a dime, has had, uh, you know, a whole bunch of millions of dollars invested in into it um, by venture capitalists. And uh, Facebook looking to uh, kind of bolster up their mobile site again. Pretty amazing. It, it is pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, we'll see whether this one comes true. We heard a similar rumor a little while back that Apple was going to buy Waze. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Waze is in play. Uh, you know, <laughs> whether it's Apple or Facebook or Google, somebody's going to take these guys out in the next few months. Um, and you know, it's probably a billion-dollar deal, regardless of who makes that that purchase. I mean, this is a company with um, you know a, a big following. Uh, people who I know who use this product love this product. This uh, the the Waze solution. You know, it does all the things you talk about. It even has like you know the latest gas prices everywhere around you. Um, by the way, that, the, the, all that gas price data should go into Block Avenue. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, anyhow. So should all of the ways, um, all of the crowdsourced data as well. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think you know, the, you know, for the ways guys, no matter what happens, this is this is a this is a phenomenal deal. They will take the deal oh, at some the point. Money. They're not going to be stupid like Groupon take and walk money. away. Um, I still think this is a better acquisition for Apple than Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Apple needs this more than Facebook does. Facebook's just buying mobile users um, because they need to do that. Apple really needs all that geo data, uh, the mapping, you know, all that other stuff. Um, and I can't believe Google's going to sit out. Well, you know, and, uh, Google, Google has yeah. Google's faced all these threats before in the in the in the mapping space, right? Getting bumped off of iOS, and then uh, you know, yeah. Apple's debacle with their own maps, and and you know, certainly, um, you know, when uh, when I was growing up in the internet, we there was no Google Maps, right? Uh, it, there was another company, and that company nobody even remembers anymore. They might have certain users right now, but nobody uses the company anymore. Google has seen this and have act, has actually kind of survived all of these, and uh, and certainly even with Nokia, right? Um, the, mm -hmm. Google owns this. It's a walled garden, and they own it. And I think the difference here is that I think, sure, Apple should have bought these guys. Maybe they didn't offer a billion dollars. They should have offered a billion dollars. They have more money than, than many, 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 many countries, um, Apple does. But uh, I think that, you know, we've been talking about this, that, that GPS and location is the battlefront, is a battlefield. And if you're not in that game, you're not in the game. And, and Facebook is yeah. not in that game yet. And it's very obvious to me that Facebook is looking at this as a very strategic, not a customer acquisition as much, but this is a very strategic operating system level acquisition of ways where they have the social graph with the location, put those two things together and you've got a pretty powerful story coming from, from Facebook. And, and if I, if you were to kind of, like, I don't know if you, you can't even compare Instagram and ways as two, two companies because uh, both strategic buys, uh, both huge, huge impact, um, but you're seeing Instagram become more and more like Facebook now, right? You're seeing that happen, being pulled into Facebook, but Waze is a completely different world for, for Facebook. And I believe that, ridiculous as it's going to sound, this billion-dollar acquisition of Waze 
is, is core, is central to Facebook's success going forward. I think that it's very important for these guys to be in this space, especially if they, you know, I look at calendar as an operating system and I look at location as the operating system, obviously, because we do this. And mm -hmm. uh, destination is uh, is perfect, m perfect marriage for uh, for what Facebook offers on the social side. And um, this, I think, is going to be uh, huge. And if Facebook doesn't do it, I don't know many other companies that can uh, that they can look at to to acquire. And, no. and then maybe maybe that's when Apple gets in there, um, uh, or these guys try. Yeah, to I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if Apple, you know, if they're not at the table, come back to the table. Uh, we know they were talking before, um, you know, and, and Google's got to say something about this too. It's that's kind of where I'm at. But anyway, yeah. something's going to happen with these guys in the next few months. I would I would 100% agree, and this is interesting. It's just, yeah, I mean, we live in a frothy world, but when you're in the right space, doing the right thing at the right time, something like Waze, it's the promise of crowdsourced information when it comes to maps, and they seem to have nailed it. And I use it, although the biggest challenge for me is no no offline, as far as I can tell, no offline um, re, uh, viewing, and that is a huge detriment, especially when you're going uh, cross border. You go from Canada to the U.S. or U.S. to Canada. It's too expensive to use Waze, so I use uh, you know a, a, a downloaded GPS. Um, and that that they're starting to get a little bit smarter as well. So there's a limited window for Waze, I think, and uh, certainly uh, they should take the money and freaking run, boy, oh boy, oh boy, take the money, take the money. There you so go. we'll see what happens in the coming weeks with uh, with Waze. It could all be moot, anyways. All right, three stories in. Customary break here. Take a breath. Everybody, just relax. You'll get uh, you'll get uh, a moment away from both of our voices when Asif gets to introduce this a little uh, episode or a little interview he did with Duncan. Yeah. So early, earlier this week, I got to sit down with uh, Duncan McCall, uh, who's one of the uh, co-founders and the CEO of Place IQ, and um, this was just prior to them uh, announcing that they'd raised $6.75 million. So we didn't talk about that on the show, but we did talk about what they're doing. We did talk about their recent uh, project around uh, with Starcom uh, MediaVest Group around the place visit rate, which we covered on the show a few weeks back. Uh, one of the very first true uh, location metrics uh, that's being tried by brands and, and, and media buyers. Uh, so we did get a chance to chat about that. And uh, so... Here it is. Here's that interview with Duncan McCall. Well, it's that time again where we get to sit down with our special guest of the week. And this week, it's Duncan McCall, co-founder and CEO of Place IQ. Duncan, welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Hey, good to see you. Thanks so much for having me back. Yeah, no worries. It's, uh, it's always great, especially when we have our, our members uh, come on the show and, and get to share with us. So just to kick things off uh, for our audience, why don't you tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, who is Place IQ? What are you guys all about? Yeah, so, uh, so Place IQ has been around about three years now, and uh, we think of ourselves really as an audience company. And there's lots of folks who are audience companies. The thing we do very differently is the center, the anchor of everything we do is location. So if you look at our sort of our assets, um, we have a, a platform layer and a data layer and then a bunch of applications off that. And if you think of the, the platform, it's essentially a geospatial platform with a lot of different types of data, tens of billions of data points. Um, we look at location through this construct of tiles. These tiles are 100 meters by 100 meters, about a billion in the US. And we analyze tens of billions of different types of location data points to be able to infer audience intent, behavior, etc. And now that database and platform 
We apply that in a bunch of different markets, and our primary market right now is mobile, whereby we leverage the ever-increasing reality of mobile ad impressions, having location associated with them, to use that location, both current location and past location associated mm -hmm. with it, as a, a really, really powerful indicator of audience's intent, behavior, and a whole bunch of capabilities and KPIs as well. So, I mean, all of that to say, there's a lot of power in this platform and, and in the data that you're collecting. Um, so, so what what is the core problem at the end of the day that you were trying to solve with this? And obviously, you know, you've been in the news recently with, uh, you know, the partnership with Starcom MediaVest and, and the announcement of the uh, the place uh, visit rate. So, you know, how, what is that core problem that you saw out in the industry? Yeah, I mean, I always used to say to investors, we're, we're seizing an opportunity, we're not solving a problem, but. Um, uh, we, you know, I think we're doing both, right? Uh, and fundamentally, the opportunity we feel we're seizing is the ability to step slightly, a little bit towards this this dream that we now may not, not realize of sort of actual contextual one-to-one -one advertising, right? The ability to to understand all of these signals that are around us now in this digital world, um, location being a core one for us, and use that as a really powerful construct to personalize advertising. So showing people ads that are relevant, that are timely, that are not disruptive, we think that is a gigantic opportunity. If we look at you know the problem we're looking to solve, I think we'll talk a little bit about PVR. We, we, we felt that was definitely a problem-solving opportunity for us. Um, but in, in other games, it's really a problem we fundamentally solve on mobile is this construct of finding an audience and connecting with them in a really powerful time, location, uh, consumer journey uh, in people's lives. That's really the problem we solve at a high level. Okay. And can you detail just very quickly then, you know, how the PVR metric works for, because we have a lot of marketers, a lot of brands that, uh, that listen to this podcast. Just help us understand what a PVR is. Yeah, so, so, so PVR, to, you know, to, to sort of to dovetail into your previous point, we had a, a client here um, through, through MediaVest, part of Starcom, uh, obviously, and um, we had a client here who, who said to us, listen, uh, we, we love advertising, we love data, but we have real trouble with attribution. We don't know how to attribute mobile advertising. And one of the things we really care about, one of our KPIs is in-store visits. The ability to attribute the money we spend in mobile to actually those devices, those people visiting stores. And they went to a, a bunch of different people um, it wasn't just exclu us exclusively and said, this is our problem, can you solve it? And we saw an opportunity using location, um, because we were obviously huge believers in the power of location. We said, we think we can solve this with location. Uh, and fundamentally, PVR, you know, place visit rate, simplistically defined is the ratio of mobile ads shown in, in the world to devices that were shown those mobile ads actually showing up in a physical location. Might be a store, might be a car dealer, might be a luxury resort. Um, so, so if you if you sort of peel that back a little bit, effectively, what we are doing here is we are um, using our existing targeting technologies to find mobile devices in the world that we want to communicate with in an intelligent uh, way. And we are for a number of those devices now, and obviously a, a lot easier in today's world where UDIDs or, or device identifiers are less privacy sensitive compared to six months ago. We now see for a percentage of those devices, we can see a, a, a device identifier, we've seen the location we've served to, and now we say, do we see that device show up within the physical confines of our target location, a store, a car lot, et cetera? And we have physically built ourselves the high fidelity polygons 
of these locations, and now we, we serve those ads, we see those devices, and then we look and we say, did any of those devices request an ad? We don't serve ads, we request an ad in one of those locations. So simplistically, we are literally serving ads and then seeing, did those devices show up in those locations of interest, and then correlating the two and saying, that is PBR, the place visit, right? Love it, love it. So, I mean, I'm a big data guy. I love data, you know, and work with agencies every day, and it's all about ROI, and it's all about metrics. Um, and when you think about location, and you think about the power that that brings to the table, um, you know, it, it, re it really does mean that there's, there's a need for, for new metrics. I mean, you know, the, the, the world of CPMs and CPCs and all of that that, you know, you have from online don't necessarily translate well to measuring, you know, what happens in terms of location and traffic and how many people did I get to the store today and how many coupons were redeemed and how many people did I share that deal with. And all, all those kinds of things are a different set of metrics uh, in the world that we're in today than kind of the online measurement world. So... PVR is great. I think it's a phenomenal start uh, to something that's, that, that should help shift and change the way we think about measuring the effectiveness of these ads tied to location. But, you know, maybe last word from you is what's next? Where, where do we go from here? What's, what, what's the next metric? Yeah, so I think um, if, you, if, you just, if, you, if you take PVR and think about, okay, well, in, in mobile, let's just take that one and think about other areas that can be applied in. Um, so, so some of the things we're, we'll be talking about soon, we're starting to work on, is this construct of applying it to other mediums. So you take, for example, digital out-of-home advertising, the screens that are, uh, that are showing digital ads. You take existing out-of-home advertising, billboards. You can now start to say, hey, those are devices. Uh, devices themselves have not been exposed, but those are devices that are in proximity, let's say, of a, uh, an out-of-home billboard. You can start to measure uh, friendly way, anonymously, those devices that are exposed to that out-of-home advertising, did they uh, end up with any significant statistical degree in that, that destination that that advertisement were, were, you know, was communicating in any higher degree than the control group? So starting to be able to take PVR and say, let's apply it to additional metrics, out-of-home, digital out-of-home, other mediums. You know, I, I still think we always come back to, in our world, this construct of Location is this pervasive reality we live in, right? We all live in a physical space. We move through time and space, and our interactions, be they uh, digital ones with IP addresses or mobile devices or digital screens or, or you know, more analog ones walking past the billboard, they are all location aware. And the world we live in now with all these sensors and all this data allows us to start to correlate all of this. So we really think we're just at the beginning of this journey of using this digital reality combined with location to understand and attribute all sorts of mechanisms that aren't just limited to digital marketing and measurement, but are limited, you know, we'll start to go into the idea of retail site selection, retail intelligence, consumer planning, right? How do you more effectively understand the concept of people moving around the city, et cetera? Those are the things that get us really, really excited in the long term. Like, yeah, I think we're just beginning to scratch the surface here. Um, so we're really excited for the future. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, I mean, you're singing from my songbook about, you know, the, from the LBMA's perspective, we talk about that omni-channel integrated media around, around locations, around places. So I love that idea of taking this to, you know, digital signage, billboard, you know, and, and any, any medium, quite frankly, um, you know, makes a lot of sense. So thank you so much for your time. Again, for our audience, we've been sitting down today with Duncan McCall, co-founder and CEO of Place IQ. Duncan, thanks for joining us on the show. Excellent. Thanks so much for having me and uh, keep up the good work.
So thanks again to uh, to Duncan for uh, coming on the show and sharing with us in that way. There's so much uh, yet to happen in this in this world of kind of location metrics, and you know we certainly appreciate them uh, kind of move forward with that. And uh, you know congratulations too on on the funding that you raised this week, six point seven five million bucks. Uh, phenomenal, uh, you know I, I think a testament to where they're going in that business and and what he was just talked about on that interview in terms of. Where, where they're yet to go uh, from here. So at least they've got some fuel in the tank to make it happen. God, I love money. That's, that's a good amount of money. That's a good amount 6. of money. 6.75 million. Thank you, Duncan. Go to placeiq.com, placeiq.com for more information about them and, of course, about Duncan and Duncan McCall. Folks, thanks for taking some time and speaking with us, Eve. All right, back into some news. All right, so our fourth story is a combination of things here. So we're talking about a relationship between Unilever, uh, Cosplay, which is the app um, that, that, that's uh, part of this project, and a supermarket chain or grocery chain uh, in Southern California called Northgate Gonzalez Market. Totally lost. Um, I'm totally lost. Yeah. <laughs> so, so 36 Northgate Gonzalez markets here. Unilever kind of pushing products like Axe, Dove, Ragu, a whole bunch of stuff that's available in these in these grocery uh, stores, and Cosplay uh, kind of powering all of this uh, through their uh, through their app. Okay, so how does this thing Please work? Please tell me. <laughs> so basically, um, you as a as a user on the system. You can either text or scan a QR code. You receive shopping recommendations and product information. And when you spend $50 cumulative, based on right? cumulatively yeah. across these products that they're trying to drive, these Unilever products, you receive two free tickets to a Rayleigh concert that's going to be happening on May the 17th at the Honda Center in That's Anna. not a Bruce Springsteen concert, though. No. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Rayleigh. just want to make sure. That, that doesn't even sound like Springsteen. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. so um, I don't know this really. I'm not a fan necessarily. Because uh, it's not Springsteen. Say, can't say anything yeah. about it. It's not Springsteen. It's not a Toronto Maple Leaf game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two tickets to that, I'd be, I'd be any, anywhere right now. <laughs> I would spend but fifty anyways, bucks. You know what? No, I, I, you, I, bucks, you yeah. couldn't pay me enough to go to a Leafs game. Oh, whatever. All right, carry um, on. Yeah. Anyways, um, so uh, I guess this, uh, you know, relatively interesting connection here going on it's a very specific market this northgate uh, uh grocery stores it's a predominantly uh hispanic neighborhood it really is uh, is an artist that i understand is uh well recognized within that uh, demographic within that community uh, so i could see this potentially working um you know i'm, I'm kind of so-so on this well, you know what's interesting about it is that the is the cumulative uh, fifty dollar range. So, like when you when you buy any Unilever product, um, you, you either scan it or you text a message in, and you and uh, you get credited for that spend. And then as many times as you go back until you've spent fifty dollars in Unilever products, and then when you hit that mark, you get the tickets, right? Which is, you, you know, what I, I gather that what it is, it's trying to trying to draw attention, and try to create loyalty with with uh, with an end game, which is the one thing that I like about this because. Um, 
you know, a lot of ongoing loyalty programs, it's just like you're accumulating, accumulating, accumulating with no destination or end in sight. No, com no timetable, right? Like there's like even aeroplane yeah. or air miles or whatever it is. It's like you're just accumulating. And, and uh, what they're saying is, listen, you got to do this. The contest ends November 13th and then November 17th is the or May, May 13th and May, May 17th is the, is the show. So it's these six weeks that lead up to that. You have a, a compressed time frame, And that's what I like about this. So if you're going to take a lesson out of this is that, you know, when it comes to kind of loyalty, um, there's nothing like compressing the time frame, putting a beginning and an end and then a deadline. So if you actually are interested in this, you will participate during those time frames. You've got to build anticipation. Sure. So I like that. You're right. It's a little confusing. Um, but but Unilever yeah. has like three or six hundred products. So it, it, it's a very it's a very very local yes. uh, yeah. play here. Yeah. I mean this this is a you know small small market we're going after here. Thirty something stores in a Hispanic part of Southern California. But that's um, good, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's yeah. great. Actually, I think it's great. Uh, the other thing I didn't mention is, is there's two charities, uh, two very local charities that benefit from this. So as you spend money on this, donations are being made to Olive Crest, uh, which is a social program for at-risk children and families, and Red Eye, which uh, is a support uh, program for inner-city uh, creativity and community building services. So um, Unilever, Cosplay, Northgate Gonzalez Markets, and two charities. Yeah. Five players. Five players. And, and, and Rally. Ray, Rayleigh, the the musician, like that. That, yeah. that is a. There you go. Do they all have to there be that go. complicated? Hopefully oh, not. Man. But uh, you know, again, at a super hyper local level like this, this is. Uh, I think this this kind of stuff can work. You can't take this thing nationally. No. Like, but 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 at a, at a local level, this is good. Unless it's Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Because I would spend so. fifty dollars on any product. I don't care what it is. I would spend fifty dollars yeah. on any product if I got two Springsteen tickets. All right, yeah. all right. Well, interesting. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my kids make you a nice Springsteen shirt. I'll yeah, please. Send you well, I'm wearing one right now. It ain't no sin to be yeah. glad you're alive. Yeah, that's on behalf of the Toronto uh, Toronto uh, Maple Leafs, right? You know, it's not a sin to be glad you're alive. Yeah, yeah. You, you know. live another day till tomorrow. We live another day. Ah, uh, right. Our fifth story, Asif. Why don't uh, like this is a, this is an interesting one. We all know the Outback uh, restaurant, and um, we all know about um, uh, you know it, it's a very competitive market in, in in the restaurant industry. It's a very competitive market, obviously, in the supermarket industry. So they decided to what focus on check-ins, man. Four score check-ins. Four score check-ins. We got back-to-back -back four yeah. score stories. Hold, hold on tight, folks. What are we going to say? <laughs> right, you know. So, so, so this is a brand actually endorsing the use of four square. Yes. Yay, four square. Um, because we're going to go boo four square in a few seconds. So, um, yeah. So th this was a campaign they ran during the month of April. It was called Laps for Apps, and it, it was connected to NASCAR. Being that's where the laps piece comes in, uh, and the apps is appetizers. Okay, so the more laps you do, the more apps you get, is how this works. Uh, and so this ran during April. Um, you check in via Foursquare, uh, and each time you go back and forth from your house to the restaurant, checking in is considered a lap. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. It's like and, a stretch. Uh, Do I you run? You receive an offer. You receive an offer uh, um, after your second check in. You receive an offer for a free appetizer with a purchase tied to their overall Outback's marketing program with NASCAR driver Ryan Newman. So this is all happening in, in, in Richmond, uh, which, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, I don't spend a lot of time in Richmond, but I know it's NASCAR country down there. So, um, you know, I guess this kind of thing can work. 
Well, I, I love how they <laughs> they've, kind of, they've stretched the, the this whole lap thing. Uh, you know, it's a check in. So I step out of the restaurant, I step back in. How, can I do that like in a nighttime? Yeah. What would be very interesting is like you got all those guys who are eating the blooming onions in the middle of the uh, of the out, outback, and it's like, uh, okay, now run home and run back, and that's a lap, right? Burn mm -hmm. off that one thousand grams of saturated fat that you've just pounded back with the with the with the blooming onion. I, I like this is um. I think the outcome of this was 680 or around there. Uh, 678. 678. 678 check-ins for the restaurant. Now, you know, I, I have a hard time gauging if that's good, if that's bad. I mean, would you would all that effort for this? Does it? What What do they do with the check-ins? What's well, the value? I mean, the, their VP is saying this is great. I mean, this is more than they expected. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just you know I I have a hard time putting a value on a check-in, right? And we all do. And and, and I think that uh, maybe Square doesn't. We're going to talk about that in a second, but. But I, you know, is is the effort, you know, uh, you know, did that cost you a dollar per 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 check in, and then you know, what's the lifetime value of that check in? For, like all those 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 questions aren't answered. And did they come back again? And and um, so I, I have a I have a challenge around this, and everybody does as well. But if he's happy with it, well, I should be happy, I guess. But I'm just yeah. a little bit more critical than the average person when it comes to these things because I don't know what a check in means anymore. Uh, but uh, you know the tie-in with uh, NASCAR, the laps, fine, it's cute. But every time you check in, you get a free app, or every second time you check in, you get a free app, and uh, it's like with with purchase though, it's not it's, even just a free. This app. is like like you know 2007, right? This is a campaign yeah. that would happen to like, and we would have been like, if we'd done this, if we'd done the podcast way back then when Foursquare first came out, it would have been like, oh my god, that guy is a genius, right? <laughs> it's like, can you believe he did yeah. that? And now now it's kind of like, oh my god. That guy's not a genius. Can you believe he did that? Like he waited three years too long. It's, it's true. It's true. Right? It's We're true. so jaded. It's, it's, yeah. I feel so bad because I know. You know what? A lot of people don't uh, aren't exposed. You, you, you know, to you and I, we're exposed to to uh, you know the beginning of the fringe, right? So the outside, and then we watch it come in, and we watch mainstream take over. So there are people um that that have just never done this before never heard of this before and uh, and it's evident because our, our sixth story people people had never heard of foursquare before they're like well they didn't want to be associated with square why did they name themselves foursquare like you know that, that so people don't know right and so maybe this is a this is a win like uh hey boss have you ever heard of a check-in man have you heard of this company called foursquare no wow i just found it yesterday i just downloaded the app right <laughs> anyway i don't i don't mean to be critical but i I am. Why not? Come on. Be critical. All right. Well, let's jump into uh, the sixth story then. Yeah. Oh, boy. So do you think, so the, the, the story is that, listen, Square is out there. Uh, Square is the payment service, for those of you who don't know, after I've made fun of people who don't know about Foursquare. Um, don't admit to me that you don't know who Square is if you listen to this podcast. Uh, so Square is this this company, obviously, that does payments. And, and there's a rumor that, that they've been talking out actually very openly about using your data finally, your payment data, to predict what you want, to basically uh, to put things in front of you that you actually might be interested in based on your purchasing behavior. And, uh, you know, the industry is saying, well, this is exactly what Foursquare is trying to do. This is the industry saying that it's also that what Yelp is trying to do and what Facebook is trying to do with their social graph and their social search. Um, and uh, so, do you think that Square is actually gonna feed Foursquare its lunch? Whatever, I don't, I don't even know how to ask that question. 
Well, I, I mean, here's how I see this. I think Square Square is doing a great job of building their brand and getting out there and and you know grabbing merchants and and doing transactions. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I, of, like I see, are they really like uh, what three hundred thirty thousand merchants across the United States? Like uh, they got a long way to go. Well, we'll remember, we're, we're talking about a different set of merchants typically than the ones that Foursquare oh, yeah, no, is right. driving. I, traffic, I'm not even right? comparing them to Foursquare. So, no, no, no. But it's a different set of merchants. Yeah. But with that said. Um, re regardless of whether it's Square or any other payments platform out there, you've got you're sitting on a tre treasure trove of data in terms of what people are buying, what those transactions are. The concept of taking that data and leveraging it to drive recommendations based on location is a no-brainer to me. So, <laughs> what took them if, so long? If that, yeah, exactly. Well, like, what, <laughs> where where have they been? What, what took them so? Right, so for me, I, you know, this is a great move for Square. Whether you think they're doing a fan, fantastic job or not, it, it's it's what they should be doing yes. is making recommendations to their users based on past, you know, behavior and patterns and purchases. So if I see you're buying a lot of coffee and you know, based on that, and a new coffee shop's opening around the corner, I'm going to recommend that to you. That makes sense to me. Foursquare doesn't have any payment data, and so you know, while they come from you know pushing recommendations based on where you've been before. They don't. At the end of the day, they don't know what you've actually bought at those places. Uh, so I think it's a lot easier for the payments companies to to make recommendations based on all that history of, of purchase pattern behavior, than it is for Foursquare to kind of go and 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 you know drive those recommendations in an actual valuable way. So, you know, for me, whether it's Square or Amex or Visa or Mastercard or Isis or whoever insert payments company Interact. here. This is what you should be yeah. doing: is making recommendations based on that data. So, to some extent, I think this this does have an impact on on Foursquare's business. Um, they're right now in different markets; they're serving different consumers. Uh, but there is there's definitely some intersection to be had, you know, as this as this moves along. Yeah, you know, I uh, I agree with you. You know, I believe, and I've believed very for a long time, is that uh, in Canada we adopted the debit system. We talked about this. I've said this before. We, we adopted the debit system very very well ahead of most nations around the world. And uh, so, you know, our our debit company is called Interac, and Interac has every transaction that I've ever made with, with this with my card with my debit card for the last almost 20 years it knows what I'm going to spend money on tomorrow it knew it knows what I'm going to spend money on in, in six months from now because it has access to that information because it's how I pay for most things and and you're right the most important thing here you, you know there's all these arguments fast company did a uh, did a great article on the flaw in the square versus four square argument and they were saying well listen well well, it, it's a combination of both, and and they're, and they're so right. It's the intent to be at a place and the and the purchase patterns of somebody. Uh, I think that the the key determination is the, is the purchase patterns of somebody. It's not just an individual purchase. Like we've all done this with Amazon, right? Where we go into Amazon and we buy like a gardening yeah. book for our wives or our parent, our mother or something like that, and then I get three hundred gardening recommendations, and that was just an isolated incident where I needed to buy a book, right? So it's patterns. It is not isolated purchases. And if you are going to pattern something over something, you're going to pattern something on something. Hear me out. Is that it's it's not um, it's not the places that I happen to be at that maybe I don't spend any money. It's the places that I'm at often that I spend lots of money in, right? right. And that to me is valuable data. And uh, it's ridiculous that Square hasn't looked at this. But it's not going to be Square that wins this race. It's just not going to be Square. They are too small. 
they are not going to last long enough in order to be able to for, for them to create this tremendous value when it comes to this because the credit card companies have that data they have my history they have all of my history since 1967 when visa was invented right that is and then you yeah. know it's the same thing with the mortgage companies the mortgage companies know when you're going to default like six years before you do or they know when you're going to get divorced 20 years before you do simply because they have patterned data and they are accurate and when sure. that stuff comes out this isn't new this isn't a this isn't a new science this isn't new to any company they've been doing this since since data was invented and the fact that that we think that this is unique that what square is doing is fucking ridiculous Right? Square's not a hero here. They're a laggard no. and they're not going to win this industry because, uh, quite frankly, neither is Foursquare. There are a hundred companies that own massive reams, reams of data that know exactly who you are and what you've done and what you're going to spend tomorrow. And that, right. you know what? They, so, they just haven't put it out there because we would be frightened. I completely agree with everything you just said. But here's how I'm going to sum yes. this up. So at the end of the day, Go this Leafs is another knock. This is another knock on Foursquare. Yeah. Go, li go Leafs go. <laughs> exactly. uh, th th this is another knock on Foursquare. Yeah. You know, that from the investors out there and anybody who is thinking about jumping off the platform, it's just another reason to say, I'm done yeah. with it. Number one. Number two, I agree. Square is not going to be a winner in this, in this payment system. However, they are going to have massive growth yes. this year. Uh, massive, massive growth. The valuation of this company is going to go through the roof. They're going to get taken out in the next 18 months by somebody based on all this data and, and where they're at. I mean, they're, I mean, they've tripled their user base since That's last wicked. year. They're at three, 3 million users now, 300 and some odd thousand merchants. They just hired this week um, Alex Petrov, who was the head of partnerships PayPal. at PayPal, yeah. who got them into all the bricks-and-mortar merchants. He's going to do that same thing for, that, for Square right now. So it's not just going to be Starbucks anymore. By the end of this year, you're going to see Square all over the place. So... That's going to help them a lot. They're still not going to be the big winner in the end. I agree yeah. with that. But they're going to be worth a whole lot of money, and someone's going to pay a whole and, lot of money. And they are. They will be worth it. And and it's tr and it's good that they're worth it because you know it's usually these guys that are transforming an industry, and which is exactly what Square is doing. They put a new perspective on it. The one thing that I'll say though is that um, because they brought on Petrov and they're moving into bricks and mortars and they're going after larger companies like Starbucks, it, it is opening up the vacuum that allowed Square to get into this industry, which is a small and medium-sized businesses. I think that there's a good opportunity for a new a new company to come in and, and mop that up as they're, as they're moving upstream, so to speak. This is Clayton Christensen's Innovator's Dilemma to a T right now. It's just happening at an accelerated pace within Square. So, Square, big growth, four Square, no no growth this year? No, no. No. Still. Done. Right? Yeah. Still done. And I wonder why we don't get them on the show. Do you think they even <laughs> listen anymore? I don't think so. No, I think they're done. I don't think so. They're done with us. All right. Well, I'm done with them. So that's it. Those are our big six stories. Uh, the launch of uh, Block Avenue, Pennies for Life, that great campaign. Uh, we, will Facebook buy ways? We have no idea. Somebody will. Will it be Facebook? Why not? Uh, we've got Unilever Cosplay and uh, Northgate Gonzalez Markets doing a hyper-local $50 total acquisition uh, play. Very, very hyper-local. Uh, Outback Steakhouse doing the laps for apps. And, of course, uh, Square going after Foursquare in that whole debate there. Great stories, Asif. And we've only got one last thing which leads very nicely into this uh, Pew research on uh, what? On how it's a summary of findings on uh, about who uses location and when. 
Yeah, uh, you know these guys put out fantastic data. They update it very, uh, you know, fairly often as well. Um, and, and so for me, it, it's just a good snapshot, you know, to kind of track the growth quarter by quarter in terms of you know the changes in, in who's using location. So, um, you know, the couple key key data points in this, uh, we've seen a shift from uh, May of 2011 to uh, February of 2012. Uh, where it went from 55% uh, of folks out there use um, location, smartphone owners, sorry, use location-based services to 74%. Um, you know, so big jumps in that um, kind of data. The uh, the demographic data uh, follows that as well in terms of they've got breakdowns here by gender, by age categories, by, you know, uh, ethnicity, household income. So all the data is there. If you're looking for those breakdowns in terms of, Who's using location-based services and geo-services in North America? Check out the Pew Research. That, that, that's where you're going to get. We're going to put that right up on the uh, the LBMA slash research. Is that where it's going to? Is that? Where yeah, it'll it'll be up there. Yeah. That is it, Hasif. Uh, any final words? No chance. No uh, no rah rahs. Anything to do with location-based marketing at its best? You know, talk about location-based marketing. Is that? Uh, how many people were sitting out front of the Air Canada Centre uh, watching this game tonight in in basically oh. like you know late uh, late fall weather in in Toronto? Yeah, I mean uh, you basically had uh, what forty thousand, you know, in the stadium, yep. and you had another twenty something thousand outside the stadium, right? I mean, just I mean it's just ridiculous, right? So um, oh. you know, but that's that you know. That, that's the fan base, right? I mean, people are just, you know, they go crazy and cars are honking all around in every part of, you know, the greater Toronto area. It was just, yeah, it was out of control. Pandemonium. Yeah, the blue and white, there is a, uh, I mean, it's an original six team and boy, oh boy, you know, the fan base goes deep. I just think from a, a location and marketing standpoint is that there's got to be some way that, you know, that this gets organized very organically. Um but uh, you got to see that the next round, should they advance past the Boston Bruins, there's going to be some kind of sponsor that's uh, that's managing that, and, and there's going to be an app out there that does this. And the, there's going to be all kinds of stuff. But but wait till next year when we have Detroit in our division, yeah. even it's better. Be good. Well, man. Oh. All right. Uh, so uh, you are in town this week. Uh, then you're going to be in New York for the May 23rd event. Um, and uh, of course, uh, you know if you happen to be in New York at the event on May 23rd. Uh, please go and track down Asif. Um, only if you've got good things to say. Uh, no punches, just hugs. If you want to leave us a message, if you think, if you agree with some of the things we've said today, if you disagree, which is what we appreciate, we want some controversy, we want some conversation, go down to tether.tv forward slash talk. Leave us a 30 second voicemail. We'll play it here, right here on the show, in your own voice, unedited. We will even leave in the swear words if your mother is okay with that or if you're okay with your mother hearing that. Um, please do that on tether.tv forward slash talk. Yeah. And as always. And, 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 and while we're talking about mothers, because your mother and my mother, you know, still watch the show. They're one of the, you know, the, the thousands of fans yes. that we have. Out there. But they're the original yes. fans uh, that got us going and still sustain us today. So, so to, our, to our mothers, happy Mother's very Day. Very much so. Very, very, very much so. And to our wives, who are the mother of our children, same thing. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. All right, Asif, let's wrap it up. We'll see you next time. We will be here for episode number 130 of the show next week. And until then, be safe and do something. You know, walk around, take some snapshots, check in a couple of times. Let's do Foursquare a favor. Let's check in this week, okay? <laughs> All right. Safe, safe week. All right. See you later, everybody. All right. Cheers. Bye.